everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. So this is the podcast where we talk about things related to musical theaters and plays. And today's episode, I like this because I never know how to pronounce this correctly. (laughs) Oh, okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yes. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Um, So it's Jekyll. Mm -hmm. Is that that right? Okay. You got it. Yes. Yes. Okay. That is correct. Let's talk a little bit about the summary of the musical. So the musical follows the story of Dr. Henry Jekyll, a scientist in pursuit of separating his evil side from his good side for the benefit of humanity and society. And the experiment, unfortunately, goes a little bit awry. Um, And his evil side, which is Edward Hyde, gains independence and periodic control over Jekyll's body. And this is just kind of like how their story unfolds. So very interesting premise, I think. It was very, very very revolutionary in Victorian era. Let's talk a little bit about the musical. So the musical itself, it premiered in 1990 in Texas, and then it moved to Broadway in 1997. They showed it pretty poorly, despite running for four years, which is pretty long for a show that didn't do very well. Um, And it ultimately lost money by the end of its run. It was nominated for four Tonys and lost all of them and generally had pretty mixed to bad reviews from critics. But despite that, it's pretty well known among musical fans and it kind of has a cult following, I think. Um, and Claire and I today will be going over the 2001 DVD production with David Hasselhoff as the titular Jekyll and Hyde. Just a quick question out of curiosity. So obviously we both watched the 2001 production. Did you listen mm-hmm. to the cast recording album at all? I listened to the concert album. I think his name was like Andrew something something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the that that's the cast recording. He never performed until 2019, by the way, which I think is a crime. I thought he was amazing. I know, recording. I know. He sounded amazing. I was actually so mad because they made a lot of changes. They did. Um, and I don't know if I can say that I agree with most of them. Because a lot of the songs that I decided to cut out was just so great. And I'm so glad I decided to listen to the concert album and at least give it a try because otherwise I would miss so many great songs. So I'm really glad I did that. But anyways, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I'm so curious to hear what you have to say because I totally agree with you that the cast album is far, far superior. Did you listen to the cast album first or did you listen to the, or did you watch the? So I watched it first and then I listened to it. Got it. Okay, interesting. So I'm really curious how that went for you because for me it was opposite. Let's talk a little bit about our familiarity with the source material first or with the musical if you have that as well. So I did mention before it's kind of like a Victorian novel. It's um, I think it was uh, written in 1886 and the full name of it is The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. Do you know him by the way? He also wrote Treasure Island which is kind of like... I do know him but I, yeah. I haven't really read too much of his work got it got it so what's your familiarity like with the source material or with the musical itself I haven't read the book itself actually Mm -hmm. but I have definitely heard of it you have okay yeah I I can't remember when or how but I remember the plot line actually so when I read the wikipedia and I'm like I definitely knew this from somewhere before I just don't remember where. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, but I didn't read the book though. Did you? So you have no familiarity with the musical either, I'm guessing. No. 
Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so mine actually goes before reading the book even. So um, for everybody who knows, I am very much a big fan of animated TV shows, animated anything, movies, whatever. There is a very, very cute movie called The Page Master, which I've seen as a kid. It involves the kid who played in Home Alone. Was What's his name? Macaulay Culkin or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when he was still like in, as a child actor. And uh, this is like one of his lesser known I think movies and they go through kind of like the library and he has a whole character development and through different stories he improves from becoming like a very cowardly child to gaining a lot of self-confidence and becoming a lot braver and a section that he has to go to is fantasy adventure and horror and for the horror section, the one they, the story that they are telling is the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So this was kind of like my first exposure to the story itself from that movie. After mm-hmm. that, I noticed that we had the book at home and it's a novella. So it's pretty short. It's like a hundred pages or something like that so I had no issue reading it it was uh, a lot less terrifying than the movie itself because the movie that scene didn't terrify me as much which is surprising considering I'm terrified of everything but I definitely was scared a lot during that scene it didn't deter me from watching the movie but I was pleasantly surprised that the book didn't scare me as much so Mm -hmm. I did read the book in terms of the musical itself I was familiar with it before our session today Let's go back to like my writer's group day. So in one of the things we were supposed to perform, one of the songs we were considering doing is In His Eyes before trying it out and figuring it's way out of our league. And there is absolutely no way we can perform this and do the song any justice because it's so difficult to perform. And then um, my friend instead performed Good and Evil, which is another song from here. And I who recognize that in his eyes is too difficult and decide to go for something that is absolutely insane and do think of me. So that's kind of like the story of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when we're seriously considering doing Jekyll and Hyde for the performance, I listened, I think, I don't think I listened to it like straight from beginning to the end, but I think I listened to the, almost all the songs trying to figure out what the musical is like because it is different from the book quite a bit like obviously the central story is the same but there are a lot of differences so both like Emma and Lucy don't exist in the novel at all so I just tried to like piece it all together by listening to the songs sporadically but um, for this episode obviously I listened to it from beginning to end several times and this is the first time I think I've done that Mm -hmm. yeah a pretty pretty long lengthy uh, familiarity I have with it I think no, well, it's more interesting than my story, which is pretty <laughs> much none. So I yeah. mean, I think it is it is something because you still got the story of it by osmosis because the story is really, really well known everywhere. And I feel like even if you didn't read it like like yourself, you are still 100% familiar with what is going on in there. Um, and you'll recognize it as soon as it's described to you. And I mm-hmm. think it's just a testament of how important culturally the story is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so should we dive into the in-depth summary? Sure. Okay, so uh, the musical opens with those close to Dr. Henry Jekyll speaking about his character, ambitions, and achievement. And then we get a flashback to Jekyll, who is trying to save a man from his new scientific breakthroughs, um, much to the protest of his colleagues who think he shouldn't meddle in what God intended 
ding 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 by the way that's a theme of the musical <laughs> um it's so nice that they put it so plainly and center stage for us so early on and if you guys watch this i'm sure you appreciate this too claire you'll notice this is a running theme the musical isn't super subtle about what it's trying to communicate at all so mm. keep that in mind then we cut to the board of governors of St. Jude Hospital. They convene to hear Dr. Jekyll's request. So Dr. Jekyll explains that in each person, there are two distinct personalities, the good and the evil, which are constantly at war for dominance. And he seeks to isolate the evil and control it for the good of society. His request is to test these, um, his formula on human subjects after promising results from animal testing, which is something that I thought was so important because because while listening to the cast recording, I was like, why didn't he test on animals first? What is going on? Why did you just go ahead and start doing it on yourself without looking? But they explained it here. So I was very grateful mm-hmm. for that. The board rejects it very, very, very vehemently. Like they're decidedly against him. And Dr. Jekyll chooses to pursue his research alone and without their support. Denver, who is one of the hospital board members, who is actually on Dr. Jekyll's side, even though he abstained in the final vote, is also about to become his father-in-law. He throws an engagement party for Dr. Jekyll and his daughter, Emma, which depending on which version you saw, uh, she might be called Lisa instead. I think Emma is a pretty recent development. So this is one of the things that you mentioned before. They made a lot of changes and this is one of them. Um, Another board member, Simon Stride, who is Dr. Jekyll's strongest opponent, opponent um, vies for Emma's love and attention. Emma refuses him saying that she's not the kind of woman he's looking for anyway. And Dr. Jekyll and Emma reaffirm their love for one another. Um, Afterwards, Emma and her dad have a sweet moment saying how important they are to each other as well. I have to say, this is a very slow moving musical where the half an hour mark and nothing happened so far and nothing is going to happen until the 45 minute mark. And this is a two hour musical in 10 minutes, roughly. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, the transformation scene or the song that comes in at like maybe number 12 or number 14 or something (laughs) like that which is super long considering there's some musicals that only has like 15 songs or something exactly and the thing is I'm sure we'll talk about it later as well there are a lot of numbers before that and there's a lot of things that are happening in terms of the time length of time but we don't get a lot of character development to understand how the characters are as people or what's moving them what's motivating them mm-hmm. even for Jekyll which his motivation to pursue this like experiment is front and center stage throughout the entire musical we don't really get to know a lot why he wants to do this we just have like whispers about his dad and something going on with his dad so they could have done something with a 45 minutes before the transformation scene I know. And that's why I think the constant album, the song I Need to Know, was Mm -hmm. such a good song to have. They should have included it. It explains his motivation super well, I think. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know. I I personally don't really buy that I have to save my dad kind of thing because it's like, it it doesn't really feel like it's relevant to the drug, to be honest. It's like by separating the good and the evil, how is that going to cure your dad? Mm -hmm. Is he suffering from? The good and evil? Is he suffering from suffering from good and evil disease? Like dual personality or something? No, because you don't really see what's wrong with his dad and how the drug is going to help him. Yeah. So I don't understand why it was such a big deal. But if you have the song I need to know, 
it's just such a powerful motivation to have for him as a scientist mm -hmm. to be like, this is something I want to test. And this is something I just need to prove or something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, and I, I think it works so you. much better if you're considering like archetypes for characters that were really popular at the time, like the mad scientist. This is the like time where they had their heyday. Mm -hmm. Mad scientists in terms of like Dr. Frankenstein, obviously Dr. Jekyll. The need to know is so much more relevant to the mad scientist archetype than having a vague dad figure that they talked about exactly twice in the musical and like each in a sentence long. Mm -hmm. It really is meaningless, that kind of motivation. It's, it's yeah, not good. agreed. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to it. We cut to London City area. Jekyll, his friend John, and others from the party arrive to a bar. So it's kind of like prostitute brothel, showgirl kind of bar. So have that in mind while you're picturing all the scenes there. The dancers performing at the place gather around backstage and are introduced to one of them in particular, who is Lucy. Lucy arrives late, is threatened by the owner of the bar, and then is informed a client is waiting for her. That client is Dr. Jekyll, who was very intrigued by her performance. He thanks her as she helps him reach a revelation about his research and the two depart. Dr. Jekyll and John return from the bar after Jekyll announces that he found his volunteer for his experiment. John tries to dissuade Jekyll from doing anything rash, and Jekyll promises him he'll think things over. Dr. Jekyll is very much determined to continue his experiment and will use himself as the subject. After consuming the formula, Jekyll has his initial transformation into Hyde. Then we have a time skip for a few weeks from the incident. Dr. Jekyll has been isolating himself in his home, seeing nobody, Emma included, due to his work. John manages to enter. He sees Dr. Jekyll treating his butler very, very rudely, which is a huge change from before. He's seen as kind of a gentleman, very nice, very good mannered, and he treated his butler very nicely too. Um, and then he dismisses his butler, uh, but he instructs Dr. Jekyll, sorry, Dr. Jekyll instructs John to take three sealed letter, one for John, one for Emma, and one for Emma's dad, Denver, and only to open them if anything happens to him. John leaves and Lucy arrives. She comes in bruised by one of her rich aristocratic clients. Jekyll helps her with her wounds when Lucy says that her bruising was caused by a gentleman named Edward Hyde. Jekyll and Lucy kiss before she leaves. At night, we see Hyde attacking and murdering the bishop after the bishop goes to a brothel to sleep with a child. And that's the end of Act 1. Act 2 opens with Hyde murdering the general, which is another board member from St. Jude Hospital, along with all the rest of the board members one by one. Emma enters Jekyll's lab and Jekyll is forced to have a moment with her in which Emma reassures Jekyll of her love and devotion to him. After she leaves, we see Jekyll writing in his journal that the experiment is out of control and Hyde has been taking over without Jekyll's serum, so all by himself. John comes to confront him about his will, which Jekyll bequeathed everything he has to Hyde in the event of his death. Jekyll asks for one more favor from John, which is to bring him drugs from a chemist for his potion. Hyde goes to visit Lucy, announcing he will be away for a while. Hyde goes back home, where John appears with Jekyll's drug, making the first time he meets Hyde. John threatens Hyde if he doesn't show him where Jekyll is, um, he will kill him, essentially. And Hyde injects himself with a serum to transform himself into Jekyll again. Jekyll begs John for one last favor, which is to give Lucy a letter telling her to leave London that day. And John does that, and Lucy dreams of her new life before Hyde enters and murders her. 
Haydn tends to take over Jekyll's body and murder Jekyll, which is kind of like his final plan. Then we cut to Jekyll and Emma's wedding. In the middle of the wedding ceremony, Jekyll involuntarily turns into Hyde and he murders Stride. Hyde gets hold of Emma, but she calmly believes in Jekyll, which turns him back to himself. And Jekyll begs John to kill him, but John can't bring himself to do that. So Jekyll walks into John's sword to end his own life. And that's how the story ends. Don't you have always one question? That how come nobody recognized Jekyll? Like they practically look the same. In the story, in the book, but there are quite a few changes between this and the book, so I I get why it looks like this. So in the book, Jekyll and Hyde look different ages, first of all. So Jekyll looks a lot younger than Hyde, supposedly, and Jekyll is also supposed to have a deformity. It also is supposed to change his height, I believe. So Jekyll is shorter than, um, sorry, Hyde is shorter than Jekyll. Hyde is supposed to have a deformity. I switched my mind. And Hyde is younger than Jekyll. How is that possible? I mean, this is like a magic serum anyway. So I I don't think that the additional magical elements in the story are going to make it that different. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So are we going to talk about the songs next? Or should we talk about the story? What do you think? I think we can start with the story probably because there are a lot of songs here so I don't think it's practical that we're gonna go through each one of them even though I do have more things to say about the songs than I do for like other musicals but yeah but I think we can start with the story and then see where that leads us okay that sounds good so what do you think about the story (laughs) (laughs) the story is where I have the majority of the issues with this musical The story is 100% what docks almost all the points from my final ranking because I think it has substantial pacing issues. It has issues with the characters themselves, the character motivations. It has obviously a good grain in the inside of the story, just like something that has immense potential, which is obviously what they extracted from the novel itself. But I am not 100% sure I love the final result of what they've done with it. So that's kind of where I stand. No, the final result of like the project itself, like how they developed the inspiration from the story of Jekyll and Hyde and how they turned it into the musical here. Because they did, as I mentioned, make a lot of changes and I'm not sure if all of them work and I don't think the way they constructed it work necessarily either. I am a little bit confused about some characters that they introduced here that weren't there and what they're supposed to symbolize. So I think it's a little bit of a mess. If I'm honest, it has some really good moments in it and some really good possibilities, but it's something that is not consistent to me. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. do you think? I agree with you. I think maybe we should also mention what sort of changes were there, aside from the fact that Lucy and Lisa slash Emma were added, but personally what I think was a big change from the original work I I didn't read the book right so this is purely based on what I read online and what other people have been saying but apparently in the book there was a moment where um Jekyll actually feels happy about about Hyde because he was able to use the identity as Hyde to do things that he wouldn't have the courage or (laughs) or the the guts to do 
yeah as himself but it just kind of slowly get out of the control but then from what I understand in the book it seems like he just have two identities so it's not like another personality necessarily it's just more of um, an identity that was convenient for him to leave more freely I guess Mm -hmm. but then in the musical they portray it as if he has dual personality which is something that is entirely different to me Mm -hmm. so I don't know if I like that first of all I do think it's interesting because no matter how they want to portray it as like a good versus evil you also can see some of them I don't know quote-unquote evil thing about Jekyll before Hyde even appears for example in the song Board of Governors he was super aggressive and insulting and rude to the rest of the governors he was pretty much shouting at them and calling them dumb and I don't think as somebody who has been portrayed or described as like gentle and kind this is very different from that you know oh I'm Mr. Good like like I'm a good man kind of type of character to show that sort of characteristic so I think there's definitely that side of him that has been there since the beginning but I don't know I personally would like to see more of a struggle of how he came to realize that this dark side is not another personality that was like imposed on him but rather mm-hmm. than it has always been a part of him right. but now he has no choice but to confront that and try to how to live with my darkness kind of thing I think mm-hmm. that would be what I want to see. So but, about yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the story, it's kind of ambiguous whether it's a complete split personality or whether it's kind of like there. There are two ways to interpret the serum. So one of them is kind of like an addiction metaphor of alcoholism in particular. I think is the one that I've seen most, which is it lowers his inhibition and allows him or his darker sides to seep through. It also gives him a feeling of freedom because he can do whatever he wants but it's not a complete different aspect of his personality and then there is the more traditional I think approach to it which is a complete split personality so much so that a split personality became synonymous with Jekyll and Hyde if you say Jekyll and Hyde that's what people will think of so there is a couple of ways to read it and this is one way that would be really interesting especially because this is not something that is as explored I think in um, just media formats because they do tend to gravitate more towards the split personality portion of it. A huge difference from the book, which obviously they would have to do to change no matter what, is the book is constructed more like a mystery um, novel because we don't know until the final moments that Jekyll and Hyde are the same person because they look visually different and they act completely different. We kind of are meant to think that Hyde is blackmailing um, Jekyll or um, there is some kind of like shady business between the two of them, especially Mm -hmm. because the point of view character is neither of them. So we have somebody else that is kind of spectating. And as we know, even from the musical, the nobody besides Jekyll and Hyde really know about the um, switch between the two of them. So because everybody or a lot of people are already familiar with the story of Jekyll and Hyde, making it into a mystery would not be a viable way for them to do that. So I understand changing the point of view character into Jekyll and Hyde instead of, I think John was supposed to be the, the point of view character. So 
that's a, that's a huge change that they would have to do. I'm not sure if it went super well, to be honest, mm-hmm. but I think it is interesting. I totally agree with you, by the way, that it's a lot more interesting to see things and have a character development and in-depth analysis of Jekyll during that 45 minutes and see his similarities to Hyde and how he tries to subconsciously or not subconsciously, very consciously um, repress them to give his gentlemanly side, the people-facing side, all the good qualities that he sees in himself, especially in a time like the Victorian era, which was very repressed in general. So I think it would be really, really interesting to explore that a lot more. And I would like like to see the way you describe it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't know. I, I think I still enjoy the story a lot because it is very different than the traditional I don't know what I mean by traditional, actually, but I think the theme was more interesting. Maybe it's because I also like a psych major. So, you know, things that about like personality, like like things that are like darker in general, just more Mm -hmm. interesting. But the other thing is, I don't really understand why they had to inject that the romance subplot line here, because like you said, if Lisa slash Emma and Lucy were not part of the original work. I can actually see why Lucy was there because I think the murder of Lucy would act as a very strong motivation for um, Jekyll to really face Hyde and be like, okay, enough is enough. But they didn't but then, do that in a musical, which so is so mind-boggling to me. Oh, I have a huge yeah. complaint about that <laughs> later on in a song like um, in the notes that I've written for every song. I have like a huge reworking for the musical specifically to tackle stuff like this it's so mind-boggling that Lucy which is as a character a lot more important than Emma to be honest when she has her death we don't get a moment where Jekyll reflects on it even though they're supposed to be romantically involved it's really really grinding my gears mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah sorry yeah. to cut you <laughs> no, no 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 that was pretty much what, what I wanted to say and and Emma was just kind of there <laughs> yeah should we go into the songs because I feel sure. like a lot of the stuff that I have to say are kind of like I wrote them into my song notes so mm-hmm. uh that could work how about lost in the darkness which is the first song because I honestly ignore. would prefer need to know and I think we already kind of established the reasons for it I think need to know in general not just narratively it was a much more powerful song but musically I think I also prefer it mm-hmm. it's just I feel like it gives the whole show a more hopeful and energetic launch and explains his motivation very, very well. And it's just yes. so good, too. I, I think it's actually my favorite, probably. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, That's too bad they made, made it to. I to know, I'm so angry about the song they cut, too. But I completely agree with you about Need to Know being a much better opener. Um, and that kind of brings me to talk about the big giant elephant in the room. Need to Know had a fantastic actor and singer behind it. And the version we watched involved David Hasselhoff as the titular character. And we mentioned, I think David Hasselhoff, we encountered him twice already. Oh, did we? Not in any role, but we heard about him. So last episode was SpongeBob, and I mentioned he <laughs> was part of a SpongeBob um, movie. And I mentioned it in the recording. And for Avenue Q, he also is name-checked in one of the songs. I don't remember which song exactly, but mm-hmm. I remember 
the line is you look like David Hasselhoff people who listen to us tell us which song it's from mm-hmm. but uh we we encounter his like he he has notoriety in our circles I suppose he is a friend of the podcast but I have to talk about it because there are big big acting differences between Hasselhoff and the rest of the cast pretty much from the very first line and I just had to stop like watching it right there just to take it all in like acknowledging what I'm watching and what I'm about to be witness to and take a deep breath and then continue onwards because I was not a fan of his acting there at all. I think he's a lot better as Hyde than Jekyll but his acting as Jekyll was really not for me. Uh, I did not like the performance and he also had a lot of struggle in his singing. Uh, He was good at belting I found but in a smaller, in the lower notes, in like quieter moment he really really struggled and it was very visible to me. I don't know if you had as many difficulties with his performance as I did but mm -mm. he was not the worst for me to be honest. Um, I can see where you're coming from especially after listening to the concept album soundtrack and I'm like oh man the comparison is definitely right there, but I personally enjoy his performance for the acting. I mean, I haven't seen other versions, so it was probably hard to comment on that as well. But personally, he really touched me. Like when he, what's that song? Transformation, probably. Mm-hmm. When he turned into Hyde. So it probably, I agree with you to that extent. Like he's acting as Hyde was really really good yeah his acting yeah. is a lot better than his it's acting really is good but his solo I think yeah it definitely makes sense that he sometimes can be lacking a little bit especially for what's that song this is the moment yeah that's a big solo number for his character and I don't think he did it very very well there were some songs where I thought he was better and there are some songs where I'm like oh okay yeah yeah, I can see there's a little bit of a stretch. But in general, I wouldn't say that he is a deal breaker for me mm-hmm. um, because the acting was really good. Really? So, yeah. Even as Jekyll? Because as Hyde, I would agree with you. As Jekyll, I have to disagree. I don't mind it. I just put it that way. Okay. I didn't mind it that much. That is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's move on to Facade. I'm okay with the song. I think it's a good opening song. I actually would prefer this before Need to Know or Lost in the Darkness or or something like that. Open to that whatever the That's other one is. Yeah. I now don't know. Maybe it's a personal preference. I like to open up with like a you do <laughs> you mentioned it several times but actually now that you say it I haven't thought about it before but I think I agree with you especially considering the opening of the musical is like a narration about Dr. Jekyll and this doesn't involve him in the number so I can, right? I can totally see that right that's a good that's a good call back call out totally thank you and also I think this musical takes inspiration from Sweeney Todd and would definitely give you more of the Sweeney Todd vibe yes yes definitely that's actually what I have in my notes I'm like whoa (laughs) they shouldn't put this here because of of, of Sweeney that was a really successful opening to me yeah yeah oh wow you blew my mind Claire um (laughs) (laughs) do you like the song itself by the way it's actually pretty good I enjoy it better um but it's not it's not my favorite there are four reprises, so if you don't like it, you're a bit of a you're you're gonna have difficulties. That's true, but there are really a lot of good songs in in this musical. Yeah. So even though it's not bad, 
but I don't think it even made it to my top five. Oh, you have top fives? I do. <gasps> okay, actually, I have top three. I don't know about like a firm top five, but I definitely have a top three. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Do you have it for every musical or just for this one? No, just for this one. <laughs> okay, I'm so curious because I also know the music is really like it has really good moments. Like something that some songs I've heard from this musical specifically, I don't think I've heard something similar in any of the other musicals we'll listen to, which is like it's always something that you want to look into for musicals the uniqueness portion of it not something that sounds like everything else you've listened to mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and this definitely delivers on that yeah absolutely in terms of the song itself i think it's a pretty good song musically there is absolutely no subtlety as we mentioned before um just from the name of the song itself to the lyrics of the song i just i feel like the musical is really trying to beat you over the head with its themes which is fine by me i don't mind it at all Uh, but I just think it's a little bit funny yeah considering the song is pretty nice musically and also pretty serviceable lyrically I think I'd be a bigger fan of it if we didn't have four reprises of it because Mm -hmm. I think you can cut three of the four reprises so have a facade in another reprise and put another song that is more of a character analysis for the character for one of the characters any of the characters honestly and I'll be a lot happier with Mm -hmm. it yeah no that's fair yeah I don't have any notes for any other songs until take me as I am to be honest oh my god me too oh thank god okay so let's just mention what the songs are there's Jekyll's plea pursue the truth facade reprise one there are going to be three others Emma's reasons um in Emma's reason by the way that's like where they had the um engagement party and that's where I took note like it was evident when he met the board but also after everybody in this musical is so fucking sassy and snarky to each other it's kind of like a competition of who can take like a peg off the other person more <laughs> isn't it it was very evident in act one I thought yeah I think so too yeah um okay how about take me as I am I like it it's interesting they just always need to have like a romance song in here I personally don't really buy the romance between them to be honest I feel Mm -hmm. like Jekyll doesn't really have at least he didn't show it obviously that he has any feelings towards Emma Mm -hmm. I feel like there was more acting from Emma that she was more convincing in communicating the chemistry but in general because one side is lacking I didn't really buy it so kind of like West Side Story movie how you know like one side was pretty good but the other ones is kind of lacking and you just don't really buy into their love of any sort Mm -hmm. so that's something that kind of falls short for me for the song but in terms of the music itself I like it I Mm -hmm. generally not like too much of a romantic song type of person but I think it's pretty sweet Honestly, I have very, very, very identical notes to what you wrote about both the chemistry, Jekyll's love for Emma, and the song itself, which I think is absolutely beautiful as a song. I just don't see their chemistry to each other. But here is my idea of a rewrite coming in. So my real ambition for this musical is deleting Emma as a character altogether. So think about it this way. Take Me As I Am could be a fantastic solo song for Jekyll, who is trying to accept himself, fault and all, and this is his plea to contend with his imperfection. 
And if you rework the song a little bit towards the end, especially, he'll refuse to accept himself wholly and completely, which shows how he struggles with accepting his desires and controlling his inhibitions and shame that he has around all of it. And then it would give you both great depth into his character and for his motivations to continue the experiment with separating good and evil. It just works better with all the themes they're trying to work out. And it can have a nice, gentle moment for Jekyll to have like retrospection to who he is just remove Emma take her out hmm so yeah interesting thank you I don't think that's an approval but I'll take the interesting oh I haven't thought of it that way it's all yeah um I have nothing to say about letting go and facade reprise too yeah no one knows who I am I don't really have anything to say about this one too to be honest I can be on my soapbox then. I think this song would have gone really well if Lucy was more of a central character and the story is restructured again. So again, remember, we're taking off Emma from the musical altogether and we make Lucy choose between Jekyll and Hyde. And this is her introduction song to showcase that she's undecided about who she is and how she live her life. And the next song, Good and Evil, is to showcase what qualities of Hyde she might be seduced by. And Sympathy Tenderness is a song for her feelings towards Jekyll. So the song itself, by the way, I think is very beautiful. I really like the hunting melodies that she has. Um, They're pretty fantastic, both in this one and Sympathy Tenderness. So I like that. But I feel like if you reconceptualize Lucy as a character of her struggle between good and evil represented by Jekyll and Hyde and Hyde having some qualities that could be attractive to people, that is not just like pure evil, both attractive to Jekyll, uh, which is why he's like motivated to continue taking the serum and also attractive to Lucy, it could give us a better understanding as to why people choose darkness, for example. I would love to see this way. Okay, that's yeah. an interesting theory or story, but I don't know. I don't know if I prefer that because okay. I personally hate love triangles. Oh, okay. So, like, by having a love triangle, I don't know if I prefer that or not. I understand. I think I would still much prefer if we just focus on the internal battle of Jekyll. Like, I think I will want to see that but I can also see why it would be interesting to have Lucy as like the storyteller or like a central character that kind of is torn between both sides Mm -hmm. because you definitely see both good and evil well evil but like the wicked part I guess Mm -hmm. um, in her so I think they're very similar in that sense so I can see why it will work but I just Mm -hmm. don't know if I'll prefer that I understand where you're coming from. We both grew up in the 2010s and having all these love triangles everywhere with Twilight, The Hunger Game, all that kind of stuff, you would get a lot of fatigue from it. But I think it can also be done extremely well, especially if Lucy is not the only one seduced there. Jekyll is seduced and is euphoric by his transformation to Hyde, and that explains his attraction to evil too. So it's not just like an angle, it's an actual triangle in a way. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. um but I understand the reservation for tri- a love triangle I also had to like think about it a little bit because I'm a little bit burned out from love triangles too but <laughs> I think they can be done well I'll just put it that there. okay it's like okay. something to throw into the ether think about it next song is good and evil it is a toss-up between this number bring on the men which is the number they cut instead of good and evil and being alive that's my favorite by the way so I like the song quite a bit I love it musically, and 
mind. It's honestly so annoying that they only include either good and evil or bring on the men to me because there is absolutely no need for both of them. I understand that. And arguably, neither of them is even like a good introduction song for Lucy or like a character developing song for her. But they're both so immaculate and so good that I would love to see them both anyway. So, yeah. I actually prefer bring on the men versus... It's so good good and evil i mean good and evil is still a good song but i think bring on the man should definitely be her introductory song because there is a more wicked undertone to it and i like i mentioned i feel like lucy definitely has that side of her and it also makes you kind of see lucy almost like performing act when she sings like a slut but then she talks about men abusing her and, and things like that. So there is that interesting contradictory component in the song that I definitely see um, makes her character more interesting versus mm. good and evil. Honestly, it feels more like a song for Jekyll like, than it is for a song for Lucy herself. It's something that he is interested in. And that's why I guess they think that it will make the friendship slash relationship slash connection whatever that happens between them flow more naturally mm-hmm. but then I just think that it should be a Lucy song you know like it shouldn't be like oh this is how Lucy caught Jekyll's eyes or this is how they form a friendship like it should just be her introductory song mm-hmm. yeah I agree I mean I don't think either of them are actually fantastic songs for her no matter what because I feel like here's to the night fulfills what bring on the men would have so you would probably only need one of them and the fact that she meets Jekyll in that spot makes it a little bit more important in a way so I can totally see where you're coming from but in terms of changing it to Hyde I don't know if I'd like that because I feel like Hyde is supposed to be more of a evil character at least in this production so I'm not sure if having a battle to contend with internally for Hyde would work out for him but, or even like thinking about it. Like, I feel like he's so definitively evil. There, it's not even a question for him. So I like where I took this with the love triangle. <laughs> but I can see what you mean 100%. Bring on the men is such a good number too. I'm always so, so upset that it's either or for these two because I really mm-hmm. like them. Mm-hmm. Um, anything to say until first transformation? Do you have anything to say about this is the moment? Because I know that's another big one. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Do you? Not really. Other other than this is also a really good song. <laughs> it is a really good song. The music here is really good, I think. Even yeah. with the cho- changes they make, some of the changes are pretty good too, like Good and Evil. Some of them are a little bit of a flop, like the first one. Um, but the music is all around very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And for transformation, I think it's just the acting. Yeah. Honestly, the acting was so good. I had to actually pause and just replay that because mm-hmm. it happened within seconds so if you're looking away it's like what the fuck happened and like, <laughs> who is this person and no kidding when he looked up as Hyde I was feeling actually scared because I'm like wow no this is really really scary and um and it gives me chills so yeah. I think definitely a lot of credits towards the acting here yeah, I agree with you. So I mentioned I'm not a fan of Hasselhoff as Jekyll, but his acting improves so much when he plays Hyde for some reason, and you see it starting here. And I think like him writhing, writhing, writhing on the floor and the initial transformation looks so impressive. And in terms of the number itself, I really like how understated 
the number is in the beginning there is a lot of gentleness which works really well as a foil to Hyde's introduction because towards the end of the song you really get a lot of the grit into it and just the flow from the gentleness to that is so whiplash inducing I really think it it was thought through very well Mm -hmm. how about Alive I mentioned that this is a toss-up between this one and Lucy's numbers that is my favorite I I really really enjoy it in the cast recording this song really like it literally gave me chills and watching it in like the dvd portion we watch i didn't get that as much mm-hmm. but the song itself is an incredible introduction song for hyde it's so unique this is one of the songs i really can't think of anything quite like this and it has an incredible vocal performance i'm a big fan of this one. Oh, me too this is probably my second favorite yeah i think it has to be maybe one of the best villain songs of something because it's just so so good and and like we said right like the intended interpretation of high was that he was not like an alternate personality but like just like an alternate identity that that's like a alternate yeah 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 yeah. okay sorry i heard intended (laughs) intended interpretation oh okay got it (laughs) yeah sorry (laughs) so i thought it was very interesting like you literally sees him become just so free like everything about this piece I strongly suggest you just listen to the mm-hmm. the, the recording because it was just so good even without seeing anything you can feel so much like the amount of details that they put into the song to communicate that emotion and just that power it's just incredible. I am so blown away by the song. I really, really like it. And I usually don't like villain song that much. So this is definitely new for me, but I love it. Aww. Is there something that you can pinpoint that is distinct from other villain songs that make you like it? In a way, I feel like it's like an evil version of Let It Go from Frozen, don't Whoa. you think? Because it's okay. like he's finally breaking off of that, oh, I need to be good. I need to like, you know, have like a certain image of some sort. And he's finally breaking free of that. I think that's what's mind blowing to me. It's almost as even though that he's portrayed as evil, right? In, in mm-hmm. the story, but he's not really like the traditional sense of evil he's just breaking free of that he's always there you just don't see it because um jackal has been covering up Mm -hmm. so i personally feel like to that level it shocked me (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i can totally see what you mean like from the number alive i get a huge feeling of euphoria that he's experiencing he Mm -hmm. really sounds like he is letting go which is so amazing to hear like something so subtle being picked from just the recording itself I'm going to refer to the recording to be more charitable because I didn't like this number quite as much in the uh, production we watched but I can see what you mean in terms of the euphoria of letting go in let it go and from alive like there are definitely there are definite parallels here and the interesting thing is that Frozen uh, Elsa was supposed to be a villain in the beginning Mm -hmm. and then they workshopped her around so I wonder if there's a parallel universe where alive is actually her letting go and they have a similar feel to it. 
that would be super super interesting right yeah that would be Love super interesting it. but you know what from the song itself i think i'm so convinced if in the original work jacob like became addicted to the potion because mm-hmm. of this power and this freedom that he's able to experience as hyde man it's just so strong from this performance you know what there's actually a book called hyde by i think a guy called daniel levine or something okay and it is a book basically about the the same story but entirely from high's perspective Ooh. and apparently it's pretty good obviously I haven't read it but i've seen people recommending it online if anyone is interested okay yeah are you curious about checking it out or i am <laughs> <laughs> then you let me know how it is uh i yeah. might check it out too we can do like a mini book club or something <laughs> yeah that'll be fun that'll be fun um Okay, I have nothing to say about his work and nothing more. And for sympathy, tenderness, I have a little to say. I do like it. What do you think? Oh, I don't have anything to say, to be honest. This is kind of what I was talking about Lucy early on. She has a very haunting melody. And this is the other example of it. She's either like very bombastic belty or has this kind of moment. And I love both of them. I think that if they choose to show it as a love triangle between Lucy Hyde and Jekyll, this could have been a great way to highlight her relationship to Jekyll because of the qualities she liked in him. So just wanted to put that out there. Somebody make it happen. Write that fan fiction, giving movie credit or something. I don't know. How about someone like you? Which gives me major Adele vibes from the name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a good song. I like it. It's a beautiful song, but I don't really have anything to say. I feel like Emma in general. Sorry, yeah. not Emma. <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get more chemistry with him and, and with her and Jekyll than Emma and Jekyll for sure. Yeah. Okay. And do you have anything to say about the reprise for Alive? no okay i think we already said everything we need to say about alive um how do you like murder murder as the act two opener i think it's a good opener to be honest there's a lot of things happening here so it's like spare us the details spare us the time of going through each murder just do it in one go um (laughs) (laughs) doing one song and yeah and that's what i wanted to see that's what i saw so it worked yeah, it just doesn't need like a whole a gentleman's guide to love and murder type of structure mm-hmm. with having a song for each and every member of the board. That's fine. That's totally okay with me. Yeah. Uh, something that was really terrifying to me. So as you mentioned, in this uh, number, Hyde murders everybody, all the board members essentially. And for the one of the board members, the lady one, uh, Hyde gives her a kiss as he strangles her. And I found that super terrifying because it puts an element of like sexual violence on top of the actual murders which, he, which he's committing, which is not something he does for any of the other board members who are all men. So I thought this was a different way to show the violence that he can commit and he's capable of committing and how vile he is as a person. I think it's a it's a good spin to it. I don't like Once Upon a Dream at all. Again, if I could, it would delete Emma as a character. Her song is pretty meaningless to me. Not to mention it's pretty short. I don't like it at all. Do you have any thoughts? I don't really remember how it sounds like, to be honest. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Um, In his eyes, we mentioned it a little bit. Do you have anything to say about it? I know it's a big popular piece, but I think I'm just less interested in romantic numbers in general. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I thought that it was good when I was listening to it, mm-hmm. but it didn't really leave any strong impression on me. 
Yeah, it's so beautiful to listen to. But before listening to it, I didn't know who Emma or um, Lucy were as characters because they're not ones I've seen before. And while listening to the song for the first time, I thought Emma was Jekyll's love interest while Lucy was Hyde's, which is another like good split they could have done with the characters if they wanted to keep Emma, make it kind of like a thing he has to choose between the two different lovers which like represent different sides of him they didn't do that because the song is only about Jekyll so I don't know I really wish they would have done something different with the love uh, yeah yeah I don't know and I personally didn't really enjoy Lucy's vocal all that much from the production that we watched yeah yeah the production, were, I agree there <laughs> were just moments I'm like wow that sounds really flat N- and, nasal very nasal yeah yeah I mean she looked beautiful she is very beautiful she is super pretty so I'm so convinced <laughs> if Jekyll sees her and be like oh I have like unspeakable desire I can get it but it's just her vocal. Yeah, man. it's not Phantom Moment where he fell in love with her. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that she's bad. Like I think she's still good, and she really sells it to me. The actress for the production we've seen in the more low, quiet numbers, the belty ones. I think she is struggling, and she definitely has major Britney Spears syndrome in the nasaliness of her voice. And she can it can be a little bit difficult for her to keep up, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think she's she's not terrible. Like I think she's still pretty good. It just um you can see that she has a little bit of moments where she struggles. Yeah. In my opinion, she probably ranked last in old like the vocals um from the production that we watched. But she isn't terrible terrible mm-hmm. but it's just not my my style is speaking not- of the two love interests what? the hairstyle they've given emma is criminal in my opinion like all the little curls they put <laughs> in her bangs absolutely criminal and they should go to jail forever <laughs> i think part of the reason why i think she's useless is not just because of the fact that she is actually useless to the plot but also because i have such a strong vendetta against the hairstyle that would have been her it's terrible Okay. Um, Dangerous game. Very boring to me. It could be deleted. No problem. I really? really I like it. it. I really I think dislike it. I love the song in the recording. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Not in the production. So in the production, I think it just feels like, first of all, lack of chemistry again. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened, but it feels very awkward. The ways that they moved their body was just so so weird in a way um it didn't really feel like it was a seductive tension between them it mm-hmm. just looked rather awkward it seems like they're pretty much like strangers kind of that they don't really know each other yeah <laughs> that's what it seems like to me but in the recording it's like so much sexier first of all that you feel that unspeakable sexual tension between them and I love that it's like wicked you know like yeah it has that evil undertone of it and I I think that's Mm. the interesting part of the song because it's so special in that sense you don't really get any romantic numbers like this like usually you just make oh I love you you love me that kind of like very typical love numbers Mm -hmm. but then it's like they're actually playing the game here a a mind game so it's such a weird song because even from the recording itself if you pay close attention to it you can feel like Jekyll's kind of like slipping into a hide 
sometimes mm-hmm. and then he will like resurface sometimes and he just disappears sometimes so it's like a, such a weird song to listen to that's at least how I understand it but mm-hmm. I think it's much interest much more interesting song than it is in the production for sure yeah I yeah. agree obviously the uh cast recording is a little better but I think I got similar vibes from it from here's to the night I don't know, it sounded similar to me and I preferred Here's to the Night um, in the same like sexy number like this one. Um, But maybe I should give it another listen and I'll change my mind about it. From my listens so far, I just thought it was really, really boring and unnecessary, but I should definitely give it another go considering how highly I speak of it. Facade reprise number three, I have nothing to say, obviously. I also have nothing to say about The Way Back. Yeah. Okay, cool. What song was that? (laughs) (laughs) It was really short. It was very boring. I wouldn't recommend listening to it again. Um, A New new Life is good. Yeah. I think this is like uh, Lucy's version of This is the Moment, kind of. It's so inspiring. It shows you all the hopes and dreams of Lucy. And both songs, it's just so interesting how neither of them knows the terrible things waiting for them at the end of the song. And it's tragic, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy this one, particularly in the production again, mm-hmm. but in the recording was really good. Yeah. yeah, I think I agree with you. It's very heartbreaking if you know what's going to happen to her and it's all going to go downhill for did her. Did you know that she was going to die? Yeah, I did. Okay. Because, I mean, I was prepared for it while I listened to all the previous parts mm-hmm. where when I prepared for the performance. But yeah, I think act two is fairly unbalanced, in my opinion. So Jekyll and Hyde don't have many, many songs of their own until the climax with um, confrontation. And I think it takes the true focus off of them a bit for me. I want to know what they're thinking, what their interpretation of everything that is happening around them is. So what I do to fix this a little bit is I'd cut down Emma's song and leave this song um, in the production, but bump it up a little bit. And after that, add a new song with how Jekyll feels about murdering Lucy or about Hyde murdering Lucy and kind of like his feelings around it. Because as I mentioned before, I really miss it. Lucy is a lot more central of a character than Emma. She had quite a few songs, to be honest. So she's really important to the plot, but we don't get any of the aftermath of her death, especially considering her death was done by Hyde. And Jekyll obviously really wanted to protect her, which is the whole point of the song. So I really, really missed it. Musically, Mm -hmm. I think it's a nice number. It's not super distinct from her um, Someone Like You for me, but until the very, very final verse of this song, but I still enjoyed it quite a bit. I agree with you. I think from this one, it was so obvious that Lucy plays a much more important care, uh, role in the <laughs> story compared to Emma. Yeah. Emma's just, I don't really know what she's doing here, to be honest. She just kind of here and there and be like, oh, I love you. Okay, but I don't know anything about you but we'll get through this together it's like okay <laughs> sure Hyde doesn't I don't even think that she interacts with Hyde at all until the very end she doesn't it's yeah. so strange and like I thought it was the worst ending of her just like putting her hands on Hyde's face and be like Jekyll I know you're in there somewhere it's like the most cliched yeah. ending, like <laughs> climax of all times and then he transforms back to Jekyll it's like oh my god 
God, yeah, can you think about cliche. anything? Yeah, there's nothing less creative I think they could have come up yeah. with to conclude this. No, I agree with you on that 100%. And I think Lucy is interesting because you can definitely see Jekyll is also attracted to her. And mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people saying that Hyde murdered her because he was jealous that Lucy was more attracted to Jekyll than she is to to Hyde. And I was like, okay, that's such an interesting moment here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the fact that they also cut one of the songs, uh, Lucy Meets Hyde, I think is also a big mistake. Because yes. it's like, what happened between the two of them? You kind of see them interact for this brief second. And the next thing you know is that she shows up at the door of a jackal's house and be like oh i have this bruise on my shoulder and it's done by hide it's mm-hmm. like what the heck at least give us something to explain what happened but they, they didn't do that which i think was such a shame really i agree a hundred percent i actually didn't know lucy was going to die um the first time she showed up so it was only until maybe later like towards the end of aqua and i was like okay there's no way lucy's going to survive this because <laughs> I think her death will be such a strong motivator to push Jekyll and, and Hyde to confront each other. Mm-hmm. And I like how it's followed by the song Confrontation right after the murder scene. But like you said, I think they should definitely give more time for reflection because mm-hmm. she's such an important character. She deserves something more than just that brief second of death and that was it, you know? Yeah. Like it should be more of a central theme about what is the boundary and this is definitely the last straw and then what you know Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean technically Jekyll is having an affair and you don't see how that reflects on him whatsoever because her affair is with Jekyll not with Hyde even though Hyde is like one of her clients and there is the emotional connection that they have and you see nothing of that reflected on Jekyll (laughs) whatsoever it's so it's like one kiss all right let's pretend that didn't happen exactly exactly yeah Speaking of confrontation, what do you think? I love the song. I think this is definitely one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult solo that Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Because just the fact that you have to put into so much emotion in acting by yourself as two people Mm -hmm. in a heated argument is so difficult. And honestly, even though, what's his name? David something? David Hasselhoff. Yeah, even though his vocal is not there, I would give him the credits that he deserved for the acting that he has here because it's so intense, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't think a lot of people can do that. Personally, I enjoy the song tremendously. From the recording itself, it was so good. From the production, the acting was just, it was really amazing to just be able to watch that and I wish that it had the song earlier on and maybe like the middle of act two or something so Jekyll has more time to deal with and to process the fact that he has to live with that darkness kind of like what we already talked about like I, I feel like if they have a little bit more reflection time be- between confrontation and the very finale that would give you a lot more character development mm-hmm. but um, this is an absolutely incredible climax but I'm so sad that this is what we get and I kind of wish that there's you know it's just something more I want to see a little bit more but um they just jumped to the wedding 
Yeah, so I'm actually kind of interested because you mentioned that Hyde is right, and that's absolutely correct. But what do you think about Hyde wanting to do the exact same thing that Jekyll is doing to him, but in reverse? So Hyde wants to suppress Jekyll's good nature. Do you think that's more feasible than Hyde or? I think it's equal. It's equal. Okay. Yeah. But what do you think? Um, I think I agree with you. It's equal. But in this case, it means they're both wrong because neither of them can suppress the other mm-hmm. in a way. So yeah, that's really interesting, I thought. But honestly, oh my God, a confrontation is everything as a number. It is a little bit of a nightmare for me seeing in this in the production because the being musically gifted enough to, to pull this off, I think is really, really important to sell this to me. And as I mentioned, I really, really like Hasselhoff's performance as Hyde. I think that's very, very convincing to me. I didn't like him as Jekyll as much. And um, I think you have to really be able to do both parts really, really well. Like know both of them like the back of your hand in order to perform this to where it needs to be so if you can do both Jekyll and Hyde really well like Hasselhoff I think it lack it makes a number a little bit lacking in my opinion um if you watch other performers perform this number you will see what kind of a big deal this is and it has such an immense potential and even more if you watch like an Animaniacs um animaniacs or like animation of this where they can be a lot more expressive in how this goes it becomes even more interesting with the acting so um I would recommend doing that but this number is just so amazing and awe-inspiring just to look at it has so much potential in it and it's so unique I think it's amazing mm-hmm. uh, I have nothing to say about the facade reprise number four or the finale do you Nah, not really Cool. So yeah. for us, confrontation was the climax. It's the finale. It's everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think we already kind of touched on the ending a little bit, yeah. saying that it was cliche and we didn't really appreciate that. No. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Claire, we're getting so good at this. I think like we've been recording for an hour and we went through everything. <laughs> I know, right? This is unprecedented, but I think it just after the one year anniversary we had, we just kind of like leveled up like in a video game or something or a D&D campaign. <laughs> and we uh, got the ability to be more succinct in our place. Are we going with a final thought or was it pretty clear, do you think? I think it was pretty clear, but I don't know if you want to like summarize it or I think we can just go ahead to the quiz portion. I don't know. What do you think? I think it was pretty clear that we both had some kind of issues with the production that we watched, with the story in terms of the character or the motivations and the changes they've made between the concept album or the cast album, whatever you want to call it, and the production watched. Mm -hmm. So we also delved into some really important themes that we're curious about. So the separation between good and evil and kind of where you go from there with the character. So I think we're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think just one thing though. Yeah. I'm really blown away by the quality of music in this one. Yeah. I think I haven't enjoyed almost most of the songs, I'll say, for so long. It was so good. Really? It was really good. What was the last one that you enjoyed as much song wise? Ooh, good question. I'm going to assume it's going to be Gentleman's Guide for you. That is new. But probably correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, I think Elizabeth was pretty good, but oh, I, I think, yeah, they they definitely also have some really good numbers in them. But I think this one is 
is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, I mean, I was already familiar with most of the songs from here, though not to the same depth as for this episode. But the last one I enjoyed this much musically, I think, was Chess. It was mm. really, really good. Yeah, yeah it's also really good. Um, okay, should we move into the quiz portion? Yes, let's do that. So this week, we are doing the quiz that is... Which Juggle and Hyde character are you? And this is from Play Buzz. All right, let's go. So what do you like to do in your free time? Read, watch Netflix, hang out with friends. What free time? We're sleeping, but okay. Hang <laughs> um, <laughs> out with friends. I'm going to go with read. Um, what's your favorite snack? Hot pockets, chips slash pretzel, fruit, candy, anything sweet. you just got a bad haircut how do you react fix it myself i can make it work make a new appointment it'll grow back it'll grow back yeah same (laughs) pick a destination london hawaii tokyo disney world this is hard really because it was pretty easy (laughs) Because I would definitely go to Tokyo just for food, but mm. Hawaii also sounds very interesting. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go. Mm, yeah, food is more important. All right, Tokyo. I'll go with Tokyo too. Though I am, the most concerning thing for me for ever going to Tokyo is the food, considering I've heard vegetarian options there are few and yeah. far in between. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be pretty challenging. Yeah, that's okay. Um, what's your favorite thing to do with your friends? Go to a party slash concert, get food, chill at home, go hiking. Get food, 100%. <laughs> How do you react to getting a bad grade? It's okay, I'll try harder on the next test. Get a tutor, I never got a bad grade. Grades don't matter to me anyway. Well, does a bad grade mean that it didn't pass or that it passed but it was bad? I think bad grade. Let's let's uh, put it as a C plus. Okay, grades don't matter to me anyway. <laughs> okay. As long as I'm pass, I'm good. I see. I'll go with it's okay. I'll try harder next test. If you could have any animal as a pet, what would it be? A dog. They're so cute. A cat. I want a pet who's as lazy as me. A lizard. They're so cool. A parrot. I want an animal with as much personality as me. A cat. Same. All right, calculating results. What'd you get? It's still calculating. So oh. do you want to share yours first? Sure. I got Emma. Your sweet, okay. kind nature is one of your biggest strengths. You believe the best in people and go out of your way to help those you care about. And I can say right off here, I would cut myself out of store altogether. What'd you get? <laughs> I got Lucy. Ooh. You I'm got jealous. a bit of sassy exterior, but those who know you best know that on the inside, you can be compassionate and vulnerable. Okay. Nice. I'm really, really jealous right now, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think this is uh, it from us. Let's go with the final ranking. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it eight out of 10. This is so hard. I should have thought of it earlier. <laughs> It's okay. Um, I'm also trying to come up with something in my dad. Dad? Yeah, father. Fathers. Okay. <laughs> <You> know, <it's laughs> fathers. Got it. <laughs> oh 
Okay. Um, I'm going to give it seven out of 10 magical serums. Okay. Okay. So I think that is it from us. If you want to discuss this current musical episode with us, anything we covered in the past, or you want to give us recommendations for what to cover in the future, please let us know. You can contact us via our social media um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. Not really Twitter, but definitely Instagram and Reddit um, at Podway Podcast. If you're not a social media person, neither are we. You can contact us on email uh, at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. If you have it in your heart to give us a review and rate us, that would really help us a lot and for people to find our podcast. So please do so if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Um, Have a good rest of your day and bye.